Hello, and welcome to Unabashed Book Snobbery, the podcast where we gush about George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire and lambast its limp adaptation, Game of Thrones. This is where being a book snob is a good thing. Kylie, and here with me is Julia. Hi, everyone. And we both write for thefandamentals.com for the fundamentals of fandom. Uh, so, all sorts of geeky writings, especially comics. Holy crap, so many <laughs> comics coming out right now. Yeah, I just got sent the list of releases for February, and it's a little insane. We're a little overwhelmed with that. And, yeah. like, as someone who reads comics now, I'm a little overwhelmed with this concept of, like, I have to pay for how many issues every week now? Yeah. So, <laughs> that's, like, a thing. That's a thing that's going on. Uh, this is our retrospective podcast for Bran. Mm-hmm. And what you're going to hear is some time-traveling stuff, just like Bran. Oh, we're on theme. Wow, we're meta. Yeah. Where basically Julia and I watched all the pieces of the brand plotline of Game of Thrones season six and then sat down to talk it out and make sense of it. And that's what you're about to listen to. And then after we made sense of it, we wrote a really, really finely tuned mm-hmm. 10,000 word <laughs> essay. Just, I'm continually amazed by our ability to write so verbosely about absolutely nothing. I mean, you know... John's Folly mm-hmm. was 15,000 words. Yeah. But then at least, you know, this is Bran. We're not talking about a lot of scenes here, and we're definitely not talking about a lot of substantive scenes here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so we'll have links posted to the, the writing of it, which is the more coherent aspect of it. But we do think these conversations are fun. They have to happen anyway, and then it yeah. avoids us just going back through our retrospective and being like, so here's what we wrote. But it's also nice because then we can come to you from the future and exactly. we have an ask from the result of our brand retrospective. And I thought it would be fun just to start off with it. It doesn't really spoil anything. Not, okay, not well, concern. I haven't heard this ask yet. I know. I know. It was all like, ooh, I'm going to make it a surprise. It's not, I mean, it's not like it's, you know, anything dangerous. It's just an ask. But Anonymous said to GOT Gifts and Musings, Hashio. It felt like the brand retrospective actually had quite a few things you two liked. Was it the best or rather the least terrible arc this year for you? Um, what are these things that we liked? Well, remember, we start off the retrospective by being like, let's say something nice. The set design is good. Yeah, okay, so we like the set design and we liked, like, yeah, we like the atmosphere in a few scenes. Like, we liked that atmosphere and we like the, um, the zombie army mannequin challenge atmosphere. I think I actually liked this one as one of the least because it it was not so divergent from the books. I mean, it definitely is divergent from mm-hmm. the books, but it was at least recognizable what they were ripping off of. So, like, it was the Tower of Joy sequence, right? Yeah. So I like it for the memes that came out, like Dominator. I love that. But I actually think this was one of my least favorite ones because it's not just pure invention where it's hilarious, like, 
Carol's Landing or something. <laughs> Cheryl's Landing, rather. But I don't, I don't know. How would you rate this arc? Is it was it one of the least? It was bad. I'm, to just, watch. I'm trying to think what my favorite arc was, and I'm blanking. Like, I, I just, I'm struggling to think of anything I enjoyed about this season. No, I think if I had to pick a favorite arc, well, I mean, because Cheryl's Landing is always hilarious. Yeah. But that, like, had, remember, we watched the same scene, like, 15 times, so that got really bad. I think if I had a pick, I might pick Arya's, and, yeah, that includes a bunch of blind stick-hitting for no reason, Mm -hmm. but the image of the asshole, the waif, with that fucking Terminator smile, like, as she's running around the city while Arya's parkouring, like, it does not get better than that. I'm sorry. It is high-quality humor. And it's Brian Cockman's cry for help. That, yeah, I mean, when you're able to, like, honeypot it and kind of make up your own story of what's going on, especially behind the scenes, it kind of can be fun. But Horn Fair was kind of fun just because it was so truncated, so it's just this yeah. one, it's basically one dinner scene where it's like, what the fuck is this? But what did you think? I like, it was just all so terrible. I, I'll be honest, wa- rewatching the brand scenes was a little bit of a slog fest. Mm. I mean, it's always it's a slog fest for me. Well, it's obvious that they're bored by brand, though. Yeah. Which makes it, it just makes it, like, a little bit worse, you know? So. Uh, I was, was, like, doing Burpee City at the gym, and I was, like, literally thinking, like, what would I rather do? Watch Game of Thrones again or do these burpees? And then the burpees didn't seem so bad. It sounds like you're going to break out into, like, my favorite things or something. <laughs> <laughs> then you don't feel so bad. So yeah, that was the ask. Um, another benefit of us doing these awkward intros from the future is that we can talk about any Game of Thrones news, but I'll be honest, I am trying not to think about Game of Thrones right now. Like, I don't, another... Is there any news since the last time we spoke? Not anything breaking mm. that I know of. We're probably going to get people be like, how could you not have reported on the sighting yeah, the, of... There was a picture of like Davos and Gendry, wasn't there? Yes. there. Yeah, yeah and it was... Stupid. I don't remember why. I just remember stupid. <laughs> well, it was stupid that, like, I don't know. Just the whole thing. Like, oh, look, it's Gendry. There's such like, great Like, why planners. is Gendry coming back into play? I'm sorry. There's yeah. some, like, threads that just did not need to be tied up at all. Um, yeah. I don't know. What else can we talk about? Oh, what'd you do it's- today? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this is why my voice is, like, an octave lower and my voice is already freaking low. Yeah. So we're, we're recording this re-intro on January the 21st. the 21st. Yeah. So we both went to the local chapters of the Women's Marches. I went to yeah. Philly and Julia was up in Canada land. In Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there uh, were 60,000 people and it wasn't even in the fucking country. <laughs> Philly was so tame. It was like 50,000. Yeah. Because basically anyone in Philly who wanted to march went to DC anyway. Mm-hmm. I was just having trouble working out the logistics and like it was getting to be uh, over 150 bucks for a bus ticket. I'm like, mm-hmm. I just let me, let me have Philly pride. Yeah. And did you like saw those pictures of like the metro in Washington? It was like impossible to get in. Yeah, I saw on social media, we could bring this back to Game of Thrones pretty easily, that there was this little girl holding up a sign that said Dragons Against Trump. Aww. <laughs> that was all. I saw a little girl holding that sign and said, I'm, I'm three years old and I'm already tired of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there is a... <laughs> that's pretty good. There, There is a lot of, like, movie and TV show references. I was really happy with that. A lot that. of Princess Leia references. Like, A Woman's Places in the Resistance seems to be the most popular one. I love that. Um, yeah. 
Uh, there was a couple people wearing like Wonder Woman shirts. There was mm-hmm. a Captain America that we had. There was a bunch of legally blonde quotes. Really? Which yeah, or like we are all L Woods. I'm like, why is the why why is this happening? Why? <laughs> I don't mind it. I like it, I guess, but yeah. why? <laughs> I'm just confused. And meanwhile, the leader of the free world went to church and then had a shit fit. <laughs> well, he asked his press secretary to have a shit fit for him. <laughs> Let's get a little in the weeds. What was your favorite sign that you saw today? Um, I like the um, the one that we actually posted on Twitter and said that nasty women won't get let Canada get trumped. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That was um, probably my favorite one that I actually saw. There's a bunch that I really liked, but I couldn't, like, get around in time to photograph them. But my mm-hmm. fate, like, for some reason, I find this really funny. It was just someone holding up a sign that said, Trump seems mean. <laughs> and so, I we like... just found it as Margaret Atwood. Uh, I follow her on social media, and she posted a oh, bunch of God. pictures of herself at the march. And I was sad that I didn't see her there. I think my favorite part of the Philly march was how enterprising we were afterwards, where there are all these Philly pretzel vendors right on the outskirts. And they're like, who wants a pretzel for a dollar? They're warm. And we're like, oh, do we want a pretzel? So I think I think that was one of my favorite parts. Yeah. I mean, it, it was quite a day. I'm quite tired. I'm exhausted because then I came home and I went for a run. Yeah. I went and had a burger. And we weren't so full. I Did you actually march? Because we got to march. Some cities yeah. couldn't. Yeah, some cities. I mean, there are only sixty thousand people there, so we got to march. <laughs> but like, yeah. apparently in DC, they wanted to like march from the mall to the White House. Yeah. But like, the crowd reached from the mall to the White House, so there was nowhere for them to march. The, in Chicago, they got locked in. Yeah, there's a bunch. There's a bunch where they couldn't move, which is great. I love it. My mom was like trying to convince me I was gonna die if I went. She's mm. <laughs> like. She's like saying, "Oh, it's gonna get really bad out there, and all this." Yeah, well, if if anybody knows Toronto, like, um, it was all in front of Queens Park, and then like halfway to Dundas, so it was like past college and like almost to Dundas. It was crazy how many people there were, and like we walked right past the American consulate, and there were like six police officers in front of there, just like looking really bored. It was all very <laughs> Canadian. Um, Oh, that's very cute. And then we walked to City Hall, and there were all these, like, people making speeches about municipal politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the rally part was probably the worst of it. Yeah, like, John Tory is horrible. <laughs> Let's talk about TTC fairs. <laughs> but, yeah, like, whenever my mom tries to convince me that, like, oh, it's so dangerous, I instead of, like, assuring her this is, like, a family march where there's going to be three-year-olds, mm-hmm. I just started, like, saying all these weird things about, like, how we have to have bloodshed to fight fascism. <laughs> You're the best daughter. I know. I'm, try- I'm trying to, like, paint a picture of me storming the Bastille or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Which I will do when the time comes, but, like, it, you know, not... Not a reaction that needed to happen today. Yeah. Oh, God. You know what we should do is just... Do our awkward jump cut. We should do our awkward jump cut, because I'm sure hearing, like, us being half asleep talking about politics is something interesting. (laughs) I think it's pretty interesting. So we're going to do a jump cut and talk about the character nicknames. See ya. So I'm sure we just had an awkward jump cut from whatever we recorded, and now Mm -hmm. it's the time to talk about fandom nicknames. We don't have a lot for this one. Well, no. I mean, we sort of just started calling the Three-Eyed Raven Max von Sydow. <laughs> yeah. 
which I don't think we're supposed to do. I, th- did I we mean, have, like, like, we, we called them, like, a thousand eyes and two and things like that. Yeah, I guess and, that's, I guess we could stick with that. And it's one of those things that drives us nuts because in the books, he's called the three-eyed crow. And for some reason, they changed it to three-eyed raven. Yeah, that was really weird. Why did they do that? I think they didn't want him mixed up with, like, the Night's Watch, who are all called crows. But, hey, he was Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, so maybe that was a thing. But, you know, whatever. Even though this one wasn't, apparently. Right, maybe there's a reason he was called a a crow. We actually don't have snarky nicknames for Bran and Mira. No. Mostly, I mean, that's not really very similar to Bran in the book, so that's not really very similar to Mira either. But they're not, like, repugnant people. Yeah, and just they really haven't there. been on our screen enough for us to. They're not very merit. well characterized at all, really. Yeah, same with Leaf. Like we just kind of call her Leaf, even for... though she's never actually called Leaf at any point. No, it's just kind of like for LOL value. We're like, yeah, Leaf, <laughs> throw that fireball. <laughs> uh, you don't think that we would have a nickname for those children, those hashtag children? Well. If they had stayed with the same, like, character design, you we know, could have they're called like, them, like, dirty fairies or whatever. They're just, like, sooty fairies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked like they were playing around in a chimney or something. Yeah, it? but, like, <laughs> the new design is a huge improvement. It is, but they're, like, all women, too, which is really Yeah, which strange. is weird. Yeah. No, literally, the only name we have are Neil Patrick Harris, which is <laughs> young, <laughs> young Ned. I usually call him Baby Ned. We could call him Baby Ned, but he's also definitely Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> and then Dominator. Yes, Dominator is definitely a pandemic. And Dominator is just our name for um Arthur Dane, because he dominates. <laughs> and then I think we just have been calling him Benjamin Coldhands, right? Yeah. Because that's what D&D referred to him as in an interview. They're like, yeah, we think of him as Benjamin Coldhands. Um, okay. <laughs> Benjamin Coldhands. And then you're going to hear us mention Theo Wool a lot. As the random dude dressed up as a Cornish man. <laughs> a lot? <laughs> Probably. Like, we have a little obsession with this guy. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and then, who did we call- did we call the other one Went? Because I think we were saying he wasn't- Yeah. Well, he, he, wasn't could, the- he couldn't be Gerald Hightower. No. Um, because he actually gets name-dropped in the first- in that same episode in a completely different scene. True. And he's definitely not Arthur Dane. He's not Barrison Selmy. He's not Prince Lewin. That would be awkward. Um- <laughs> So Prince yeah. Lewin would have had the turban on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, he totally would have. Would have been like white or something. I don't know. But yeah, it's not that like we're bored by this plotline or anything. It's just that this is so like, what is this? What is this dude that we can't even be funny about it? We're just kind of like, what is this dude? Yeah. So we're sorry to disappoint you with our lack of fandom big names. However, it will make our recapping of this a lot clearer. So we are going to jump into a high level recap of everything that happened to Bran in season six. And keep in mind, keep in mind, the last we saw of him was the season four finale. When some dirty fairy threw a bomb on Jojen. <laughs> and Kylie completely got lost any faith in this show. Yeah, I mean, I say it was that moment, but to be perfectly honest, it was the Taisha drop that made me really enraged. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, as I was watching that, I was just like, um, I think my brain is leaking out of my face. <laughs> and then we got introduced to Treebeard, who... <laughs> was just like, One dude. of the children is, like, a really good barber, and she, like, gave them both haircuts. <laughs> Oh my god. It's the only explanation. I mean, like, it's just a recast. It's not a huge deal, but... Well, it was really worth it, because who else but Max von Sydow could have put off this role? (laughs) 
Get into the high-level recap, Kylie. <laughs> okay, well, the first episode Brand is in is Home. And I think it just kind of starts with, like, them being warged into the tree, right? Yeah. Even though Brand, it's Brand working. And, working is Brand only with wolves. Like, I know, I know, you say this. They're skin-changing into this tree? Yeah. I don't know. They I call think it all like, warging on the show, so everyone's confused, but... yeah. Well, I mean, the show, Warging Skin Changing, they don't exactly do a good job of showing it. That being said, say something nice about Game of Thrones. The set design was really nice. Yes. Of, like, the cave. There's, like, bones everywhere and things like that. It's it's, it's kind like, of sort of like how the cave actually is, but, like, the cave system in the books is, like, this, like, labyrinth, like, a very kind of underground world almost. But, yeah. I would say it's got the tone down. Mm-hmm. It's atmospheric. It had, like, the creepy ravens crowing. Yeah, it's like silence. There's no music, and you can hear the ravens. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So just like Rogue wanted, it got the tone down. <laughs> we'll talk about Rogue One later, too. <laughs> uh, however, we then just jump into a Stark home video. Yeah, we're, like, in Winterfell. And we have absolutely no... Re- like, we're not told why we're here. It's just Bran and Max von Sydow standing. Yeah. And watching... It, it, it's as if they're in the courtyard, but they're not really there. And we are watching young Ned, like young young, fighting swords with Benjen, right? Yeah, young Benjen. And like and young think, Brandon is possibly there? I think that's Brandon. It kind of looks like Seth Rogen with mutton chops, but like a little thinner. <laughs> oh, no, I think that that was uh, Sir Roderick Cassell. Oh, because of the mutton chops? Yeah. Oh, my God, the show is so bad. We have the, the same f- facial hair for his entire life, Kylie. Where the hell is Brandon? Uh, he's going off being an asshole. And, Probably getting his sword bloody or whatever. They're they're basically showing that uh, young Ned is very similar to John. Because mm-hmm. I'll ring your head like a bell or whatever. Yeah, he's like they call back to that scene with John and Ollie, which is weird. Like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, I don't know. That- also, it, this deserves to be said, and I'm sorry, but in the books, <laughs> in the scene that Brand sees in a different context, mm-hmm. that's kind of liana who's playing swords with benjen that's yeah. not ned but liana's busy here right but it's so it's so bizarre that they would make that parallel between ned and john like given the reveal yeah yeah oh my god yeah why did they do no wonder people thought that was an incest baby <laughs> anyway why did they so do that? liana does show up no she i'm comes- sorry why did they do that why didn't liana okay <laughs> talk about liana um, yeah, so Liana comes riding in on a horse, like, George Wickham style, She's just, like, showing off, and her brothers are like, stop showing off, Liana, your mad horseman skills, or yeah, whatever. No, seriously, guys, watch the 1995 Pride <laughs> Prejudice, and there's, like, this part where Wickham's just, like, trotting by them and making faces. That's exactly what Liana's doing here. <laughs> and just, just, like... That's my aunt Liana. Yeah, like, like... Father never talks about her. Bran and Max and I are just standing there and they just start, like, expositioning. <laughs> and then, holy shit, guys, Hodor comes out. Yeah, and, no, because Liana's like, you have to fight with somebody else now that Ned is gonna go to the Eerie, because, like, apparently he's about to And it can't be me, because damn if I swing a sword. Yeah, and then... Everyone's like, hey, maybe Willis can do it. And it turns out that, like, Willis is Hodor. And it's and the he's biggest like, deal ever, guys. The biggest he's, deal ever. And he and Leanna are kind of flirting. Are they? Like, I ship it. Whatever. <sighs> no, they, they had banter. 
You ship a lot of things. The point is Willis. <laughs> Hooter's um, name is Willis. And he can talk in complete sentences. Oh my gosh. And Brad all of a sudden is like, by the way, he's like, you know, seeing his dead dad, his dead aunt, his mm-hmm. missing uncle. And Brandon all of a sudden is like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then the it's, old man comes out. And, and yeah, she tells him off for like fighting with all the lords. Um, But yeah, there's no point to the scene. Yeah, and when they come back, Bran is like, "Why the fuck did you show me that and didn't let me stay there?" Because because basically, Max wants to upholds. That's a good out of question. Why the fuck did he show him that? Because you can't. You can look below the sea, and it's really nice, but you can't stay below the sea. Or you I mean, like down. I suppose, like you know, Bran is going to places that matter to him as he's learning to control his powers. Or I, something. I have a the- I have a theory that the beneath the sea line is mangled book dialogue. Yeah, well, it's kind of like um, what's his face. Patchface. Yeah, well, I mean, no, 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 not not the I know, I know song. I, I mean, I have a feeling I could see Brendan like saying something like this mm-hmm. if Bran is exploring this aspect too much. It'd be like you can't stay. But I could see him saying something like this. Yeah, which okay. might tie to Patchface, but I'm I'm saying like that's that's my theory right now. Yeah, <laughs> because well. it wasn't a it wasn't a bad line, but then it's like what? Okay, you can't stay below the sea, but you didn't even prep him for this. Whatever. <laughs> But apparently they have, they've been here a year, apparently, so maybe, I don't know. But yeah, it's like, the point of the scene basically <laughs> is to, like, reestablish these characters that they, they didn't bother to, see. like, they mentioned Liana, they mentioned Liana, like, once a season, basically. The last and time they Benjen. mentioned her was, yeah. The last yeah, time they the- mentioned her, I think, was in that incredibly well-motivated scene of exposition with Littlefinger and Sansa. Yeah, 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 uh, in the crypts. Actually, yeah. like, there were good touches in it, it was just mm-hmm. the rest of it. <laughs> And so Bran decides... Like, maybe Sansa should have been the one to talk about her. <laughs> anyway. So Bran decides that he's going to tell Mira about this incredibly important development about Hodor's name or whatever. And but yeah, he, has he-, he has Hodor carry him outside because she's chilling outside the cave. Yeah. And like, for some reason, she doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, Something about Francis having is- to like mercy kill her brother, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, Brandon's like, hey, it's not safe out here. And she's like, well, it's not safe anywhere, so whatever. Yeah, she's she's not in a very good mood. She also's not wearing gloves. No. Nobody <laughs> nobody wears gloves. Or hats. I mean, like, the hats I kind of get from, like, just, like, you know. They are north of the yeah. wall. Like, their fingers should have fallen off by now. But, no, like, actually, I really don't have a huge problem with this conversation. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we were supposed to. It didn't really feel like Bran talking to Mira from the books, but, I yeah. mean, it wasn't badly done she's grieving he's trying to cheer her up by distracting her and being like look what i learned about hodor <laughs> and she's like i don't give a fuck <laughs> the only part i hated was when leaf pops up again because brand's like fine if you don't want to know about this then i can go inside <laughs> and like i i don't i don't think this is really close to book characterization for either of them no but it's not bad but then leaf pops up and she's like excuse me mira brand <laughs> needs you yeah and she looks totally different. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. It really is. Fine. Do you want to take the next episode? I have a feeling you do. God, uh, we can we can do an entire episode just on this scene. Like, yeah, but we have to move it along, darling. Yeah. Okay. So the next episode, Oathkeeper, also uh, kind of starts when they're in a vision, kind of you know, without any context, and it's <laughs> the Tower of Joy. Can you okay, hear the joy pause. in my voice? Pause. The location is awesome. Awesome. Like, this is, the, like, whoever does the location Perfect. scouting, like, get them whatever the location scout award is. Because 
This is like the perfect location, and I like that it's in not Abbey? in the desert, even though it's in Dorne. <laughs> right. Well, because it was in Prince's Pass. So yeah. Do you think they realize that the Tower of Joy is in Dorne, though? <laughs> Do you think they realize that Theo Wall is in Dorne? <laughs> <laughs> well, so we see these like six, six. Go figure. Men riding like towards the tower, and one of them Why? Has, has like the Why Dornish service. Yeah, I mean, like, cause. Like in, it's such a stupid detail that it doesn't mm-hmm. matter that they changed it, but why did they change it? Yeah, well, because it was kind of like, because 7 and 3 are both, like, very significant numbers, numbers in the series, yeah. right? So that the fact that it was, like, 7 against 3 is, like, kind of, like, you know, adds to the... Yeah, well, it was also significant kind of, that it was a fever dream. Yes, that's true. <laughs> we'll talk about that after we do our high-level recap. Um, so, but yeah, like... And every time they do something perfect like this, like they find the perfect location or they cast the perfect actor or something like that, and you're just like, ah! But okay, no, here, okay, here, here's the bigger thing. Uh-huh. We are shown a close up of a sword that is being very slowly polished with Western. It's a very long, impressive sword that is held by Oslo Went. We, well, that's what we just call him. He, this this man is never made uh, named, but he's kind of by process of elimination. Like he's either John Barry to- or Oslo Went. But then, like Dawn is an important sword, and we know this because mm. it's it's Arthur Dane's sword, Dawninator's sword, and it has a little sun on its pommel, like <laughs> a, little a little emoji. Sun emoji. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the sword that the camera's zooming in on. No, it's 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 like a good like five seconds focused on the sword. Which doesn't yeah. sound like a long time. It's a very long time. And I didn't mind the atmosphere setup of polishing the whetstone and knowing what's coming. If it was done, that would make perfect sense. The horses were saddled. That was a little weird. Yeah, like, um, cause, so Dominator comes and, like, he goes, like, you know, come on, bro, or whatever. And you can see in the background that they have horses there that are, like, saddled and bridled and ready to go. So just like, okay, so let's think about this. They have horses there. So either they're expecting to win this fight so they can ride away and, a Abandon the woman who's giving birth and possibly their king? Question mark. Or just steal or, the babe and run. Or yeah, or maybe just steal the king and run. I don't know. Or they just arrived. Are those the two options? With Liana and labor. No, like she was already there, I guess, because Rhaegar dished her there, right? Well, Willow was there too. So yeah, Wy- Wyla, yeah. Um, so those yeah, are the two no. options. Again, these are we are aware how nitpicky these are, but like, why? Why? Yeah. I mean, somebody made the decision to have horses there. You know? Someone made the decision to put a bridle on the horse. Yeah. Anyway, so the group of six rides up to the group of two, mm-hmm. and Bran goes, that's my father. God. <laughs> it's so bad. And so we and- see, yeah, we see young Ned, and he really does look like Neil Patrick Harris, but that is a true fact. Yeah, and Howland Reed looks a little Viggo Mortensen-ish, like, yeah. not... Not hugely, but just a little. Go well, Max Sensita was all like, "Yes, and that's Helen Reed, and that's Sir Arthur Dane." And Brandis- father said yeah. he was the best swordsman he ever saw. No, Brand, that's not. He said he was the best knight he ever saw. There's a difference. But moving on, there's this. Moving- yeah, no, go. There's this thing he takes out Don and he like puts it in the ground. Because it's, and you have like a close up of it because it's a super significant sword, you guys. <laughs> Why couldn't he have just been sharpening it? <gasps> Why does he have another one? I don't know. Julia, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. We are like dragging our people through this. And then they go into the dialogue and just like, I cannot even with this dialogue. So to it. In the, yeah. In the books. This entire scene is a fever dream that Ned has. And in the first very... book, when he gets injured, like, remember when, when he fights Jamie on the street, he, like, is, like, 
completely high on opium and he's injured and delirious with a fever in bed and this is the dream he has and it has a very lyrical quality mm-hmm. to it and it kind of is like fading in and out and you're getting the impression that maybe it's a fever dream and this isn't yeah. actually exactly how things happen and he's had this dream like many many times you know he knows exactly what's going to happen next and he's kind of like having this like dialogue with himself just like you know like maybe this time it will be different kind of thing you know yeah so D took that and they decided mm-hmm. to have actors play it completely straight yeah it's this isn't a fever dream this is like watching a home video yeah it's like i met you on the, i expected you on the trident you weren't there just like <laughs> i look for you on the trident you weren't <laughs> there i'm okay yeah neil patrick harris look i love you man but his <laughs> accent was <laughs> it was supposed to be sean bean's accent but it yeah. was literally you know Rhaegar lies beneath the ground why weren't you there to protect Rhaegar your prince cremated. yeah <laughs> Okay. But he said he said he says it like, "Why weren't you there to protect your prince?" That's how. That's literally his delivery. And Arthur, I I kind of like Dominator because he's just like, "I wish you good fortune." But he's just like, "What? What the fuck are you? Why are you saying this shit to me? Where's my sister?" Yeah, I wish so, you good fortune. Yeah. So basically, Ned is like, "So you're here instead of like fighting, like you know, in this huge civil war that the that the entire kingdom is embroiled in." And like, "Yep, we're here." And he's like, so where's my sister? Which is a dumb fucking question. he knows exactly where his sister is. <laughs> but then... And because the only place there is the tower. Yeah. It was, yeah. So Gunnanator ignores the question and he's just like, it's fighting time. And then he pulls out a second sword. Then he pulls out a second sword. I'm just like, out of all the decisions they have made in this entire show, <laughs> like, I can't decide whether Sanson Winterhell... Or this is stupider decision. I mean, um, Sansa Winterhell is obviously seriously? a much more major decision. Well, but, but like Sansa in terms of just Winterhell, stupidity, like, yeah. Well, Sansa Winterhell had thought behind it. It was bad thought. It wasn't like <laughs> a thought I want to hear about. But this was just, you know, what's better than one sword, two swords. But like they go through all this trouble to establish that Dawn is the special sword, and then he takes out a different, like a second sword. Well, and then this whole thing about, oh, Arthur Dane's the best swordsman father ever saw. How can we show that he's the best swordsman? He has two swords. <laughs> he has, like, even the casting call talked about how he's, like, anyway, a man with a famous sword. Like Anyway, so- the fight breaks out. <laughs> and it's a fight, you know. It's like... It's like Went every other really sword funny fight face you've ever seen Went, on TV. Went makes a really, really funny face when he stabs someone. No, Julia, it was way worse than that. I'm sorry. Like, you could see, because there's one point where there's, like, four on Dominator, mm-hmm. and you can see the people just not attacking because they're waiting for, like, their cue to go attack. <laughs> it did not look... It, this wasn't Snake Fu or anything, but uh, it didn't look good. It also wasn't Robbie Roy. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, like, I don't know, just... It's a fight, and everybody dies. And Bran is confused because it's clear that it's, it gets to be one-on-one, mm-hmm. Ned versus Dominator. And Bran's like, but father wins. I don't understand. Yeah, apparently better. Ned has told this story to his children a thousand times. Yet he never talked about Lyanna. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was in this completely context-free situation where I was fighting Arthur Dane to the death. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then, lo and behold, a wild Howland Reed comes from behind and stabs Arthur Dane through the back. Through the back of the, Brand, the neck. Yeah. Yeah. And Brent's like, that's so dishonorable. Oh my god, my tummy but hurts. was it? Because this wasn't single combat. Yeah. And this was just like a... Fu- whatever. 
The point is, it was dishonorable. Ned is dishonorable. Oh, the irony. Because, you know, he's all about honor. And, like, if they, like... This is another moment where I don't blame the people who thought that John was an incest baby for being confused again, because this is seeding him as dishonorable and a hypocrite. (laughs) And very similar to John. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah, so those people were a lot more reasonable than we gave him credit for. Anyway, you hear screams, so he runs to the tower, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden Max von Sydow's like, oh shit, we gotta go. Yeah. Wait, I, why is Max Fentano so insistent that Brandon not find out what's in the tower? Brandon's like, what's in the tower? <laughs> He's like, no, no, I read the script. You can't know now. You have to wait till episode 10. No, Julia, you can't stay beneath the sea. <laughs> Didn't you learn anything? And also, Max Fentano is really earning that Emmy mm. nomination. Oh, he's like emoting, but you're not sure why? Because you're like, what's your investment in this? I don't understand. He's really emotional, but it's like, about what? What yeah, is happening? Like, he says, like, later in the scene that he's a thousand years old, so you can't say he has any kind of, like, familial connection to the Targaryens or anything like that. No, but, like, if this was Blood Raven, it would kind of make sense that he's emotional about something to Julia, do with- these notes are terrible. Inexplicable leaf reaction shot? <laughs> No, there's just a, they have like a leaf reaction shot. I have no idea why. Just like, she has nothing to do with this. They just really wanted that actor to get into that makeup for some reason. I don't know. And like, yeah. But yeah, there's no reason that Max von Sydow would be so insistent of him not seeing what's in that tower. Um, and then Brent's getting a little frustrated because, um, Max von Sydow basically says, if you go too long, you won't be able to return? Mm-hmm. Question mark. And Bran's like, well, why would I want to return? So I can be an old man in a tree like you? And Max was like, well, I've been watching you, and I'm waiting for you, and you have to become me. Uh-huh. What must I do before I come become you? Learn. Learn what? Everything. Okay. It's clear. <laughs> it, it's truly abysmal dialogue. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I have no evens left. Anyway, mm. onto the episode, The Door. Oh, five. yes, finally. <laughs> and for some reason, the first brand scene in this is Bran and Max von Sydow, like, skipping through an Irish countryside. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, oh, look, it's one of those stone circles. Let's go check it out. Let's get the camera out. And it, it's like a, a tree, a heart tree, mm. and there's spirally rocks around it. Like, if you remember the way the White Walkers laid out the dead bodies yeah that's actually a good callback yeah i think so too and And, and, like um once again the staging and like the location is wonderful everything is really good and what happens is that one of the children of the forest plunges a obsidian dagger Mm -hmm. into the heart of a human and he turns into a white walker oh magic wow so that's where the white walkers come from Uh uh-huh also all the children of the forest are female and also there's no snow on the ground so how would like the white walker exist there Anyway, uh, so the, Max wants to sit on Brand, jump out of the, the flashback, and, and Brand's all, yo, Leaf. what the fuck, Leaf? <laughs> and Leaf's like, we were at war against you guys, we were trying to defend ourselves. Yeah, but it was all like, like, what did you need to defend yourself from? And she's like, from you, from men! And like, Leaf says, this is this, like, you know, big deep reveal. Yeah, which is not a deep reveal of whatever. I guess for the audience, for the unsullied audience, I have no idea if they gave a shit about this scene or not. Like, why would you care who made the White Walkers? Why would you care who was the children of the forest? Who are these things to you? Yeah. We literally saw Leaf throw a fireball and then tell Mira well, to shut up. Well, the White Walkers like, are like, you know, the kind of the scary menace that's been there. From the yeah, beginning. but, but the, like children the children of the forest, are, they, they've been nothing on this show. Yeah. They throw fireballs. 
Who cares if they made the White Walkers okay? Yeah, there's, like, none of the lore about the children or, like, the pact or anything like that. Uh, speaking, no. speaking of the pact. <laughs> Oh, no. It's like the timeline, that, like, that's, like we've talked at, a, at length, I think, about how the timeline for this confuses us for the children making the white, uh, for the others, the White Walkers, whatever you want to call them. Because like, the White Walkers yeah. first came, like, 2,000 years after the pact, which was when children and the first men made peace. So when did the children but make the others? It's possible, is it possible they were weaponized before that, and then it's just... Like maybe, maybe the humans didn't know they had them. Yeah, I mean, like, or like it can it can work. Look, this is just yeah. getting really geeky and really into the world of Ice of Fire. But I'm just just saying, like, because like a lot of people assume that this was just like a checklist thing that they just threw in there. But like that confuses me to the point where I'm not a hundred percent sure this is a checklist. Like maybe only eighty five percent sure it's a checklist. I will still say checklist, but yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to ignore it because this is an action packed episode. <laughs> so. We cut to another scene after, after the like, salt Kuvira. and Kuvira. Yes, <laughs> we call her Kuvira. <laughs> uh, we're basically Brand's just chilling and bored while everyone else is sleeping. So he starts to throw rocks at Max von Sydow. It's like, like little bones. I really can't blame him for doing that. Yeah. Like, whatever, just throw shit. Who cares? Um, so then he decides he's gonna just touch a root and have a random vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does and it's the same tree where they just were it seems to be the present day present time and the army of the dead is just chilling there yeah like like stone frozen i guess it's appropriate because it's really cold but you know they're not moving at all um yeah like 20 feet away so he kind of like walks among them i I, it's cool i guess yeah i mean like a a lot of like the makeup and uh, visual effects on the zombies is pretty cool they do a good job yeah. Uh, then at the very back of it is a row of white walkers. There's four like of them. Five, four of them, right? There's only, on horses. Like, I think we've only ever seen five of them since Hart, uh, cause there were, there was. And John shattered the one that. Yeah, there was five of them. Came in for the cup of, cup of soup. At Hard Home, and John killed one of them, so now there's four of them. And then there were four. I'm not sure if they're, like, trying to imply that there's very few actual white walkers. I don't know. No, no, no. Remember they made the baby? There was, like, there's 12 of them. Yeah. Whatever. This is weird. Anyway, Shogun is like, oh, Shogun. Shogun's a fandom nickname. Yes, that's, what that's we true. Shogun is what we call the Night's King. Because he kind of looks like he's wearing samurai armor. I don't know. It, it worked in our head. It's really hard for me to take these White Walkers seriously mm-hmm. in their samurai armor. I'll be honest. Yeah, they, they look too much like the Wraith from, uh, from Stargate. Well, what the fuck was wrong with the clothes they were wearing in the other scenes? Like, the White Walker that came for Gilly and Sam, mm-hmm. that dude was not wearing samurai, samurai armor. And the the whites weren't, like, you know, fast zombies, either. Anyway. So, yeah, the Shogun reaches out and touches Bran's arm, and when he comes out of the vision, there's, like, an actual physical mark on his actual physical arm. It's, like, icy yeah. looking. And I this guess. somehow breaks the magic of the cave, so now the white yeah, markers Yeah, Max Watson just starts being like, well, now they can come in. Yeah. He's he's not panicked. He's just kind of like, well, they can come in now. Well, he's chill. He's a thousand years old. And he's lost track of his world code. I'm sorry. It's still funny to me. Uh, yeah, like, I guess this is well done, but we don't have any explanation. Like, how did he touch him? What does this mean? Mm-hmm. Why was Bran in present day? Like, was he was he physically traveling? Like, what? Yeah. What? And it's kind of important because this is not how these visions exactly work in the books. No. Like, Bran can literally see, literally see through the trees, like the eyes and the trees. 
Right? He can't just, like, walk yeah. around unless he's skin changing into an animal or something like that. Oh, so, uh, oh, and then, by the way, and then Max wants to like, well, you have to become me now. Yeah, even though you're not ready. And Brad's like, oh, am I ready? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so then so, we have a bunch of other scenes uh, from other plot lines, like Ed suddenly being Lord Commander and people apparently forgetting that that's an elected position. But so Mira is, is uh, packing up and she's all happy, which, uh oh, and she's like, I think she's just happy to be leaving the stupid cave and she's talking about how they're going to have I can't really bacon. blame her. And she's kind of joking. Yeah, she's joking with her. She's like, we can eat bacon now. <laughs> okay, Mira. I don't know why they couldn't eat bacon before I mean, they can find bacon. Um, Follow your dreams, Mira. <laughs> yeah. But like, she knows the army of the dead is coming, right? She's chill. Yeah. I don't know. But then like, she hears like- something. So she runs outside of the cave and oh no, it's the Shogun and all his peeps. Yeah, and, and the children of the forest are all standing there like, oh. And then the White Walkers start, like, waterbending or something. It's, it's like, really weird. like, the Shogun, like, kneels down and touches the ground, and, like, the ground cracks. It's weird. Which is, like, we've seen waterbenders do this before. Yeah. Oh, and they've been to ice. Yeah. This wasn't ice, this was ground. Maybe they're earthbending. Maybe they're earthbending, Okay. <laughs> It, that's clear too. They rise with the moon. That's that's what matters. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Leaf is like, "Get the fuck out of here, Mira! Get your men and run!" Yeah. And then uh, just these zombies just annoy the fuck out of me. Well, because they make this stupid like <laughs> noise, and you're like, "This is not scary." So, 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 Kylie, I want to make this very crystal clear: the army of the dead, uh-huh. right outside the cave. Max wants to told Bran of this. Yeah, actually. he's like, "They're coming. You got. We got to do something. It's an emergency." And he says, "You have to become me now." Yeah, and he decided <laughs> that this would be the excellent time to show the end of that whole movie from the second episode <laughs> about how Toner got broke or whatever. Because to become <coughs> the three-eyed crow, Raven, you damn have it. to know about how Toner acquired his disability because disability requires an explanation. Right. Right. He had to solve that mystery. <laughs> Or else he couldn't have become... <laughs> at that exact moment, Mac... Like, he didn't even bother to show him other... Like, here's what else the children of the forest did that yeah. sucked. Like, <laughs> anything else? Or, like, this is the history of the, the people... Like, you know, this is the history of green seers and the people who no, live in do, trees. Do, do, do you realize it would have made more sense for him to have shown him what was in the tower? Because maybe he could have been like, oh, Jon Snow's the great hope for the long night or something. It would have made more sense to show that film real and it's kind of implied that like he wanted to show him that at some point because then he sees it later and it's i I don't know i'm confused i'm just saying like anything would have made more sense more sense for maxon siddle to do than literally this like oh ned has to go for the eerie now let's have like uh his father say goodbye to him and giving him some advice about how to be in a dishonorable fight yeah yeah rickard was weird he was like don't get in fights but if you do get in fights win the fights okay rickard why don't you follow that advice too, buddy? Hello. Sorry. It's okay. I was just saying, yeah, okay, Rickard, good advice. Why don't you follow it too, buddy? Oh, poor Rickard. <laughs> <laughs> he dies. I mean, like, out of all those people, he did the least wrong, but, you know, whatever. Um. Do you remember back to, like, season one? When Sansa sees the throne room for the first time, and then she just goes, "My uncle and fa- uh, grandfather were killed in this room, weren't they?" Yeah, and it was really good. I remember when it was good. Anyway, the army of the dead attacks. <laughs> yeah, 
I just like okay, so so the um the White Walkers could walk right through the fire, but the Whites can't. So like the White Walkers just walk right into the cave, but the Whites like go up onto the top of the cave and they like dig a hole in the roof. Yeah, if anyone's watched Zulu, it's very uh, evocative of that. Yeah, which is a good movie, by the way. I'm not sure I like the implications of that. Okay, um, it's not. No, I mean the implications are terrible. <laughs> And, but like, it's a well done. There's action a bunch of like, like they've obviously put a lot of thought and effort into these fucking zombies because uh, like a lot of them have like the same outfit that every wildling at Hardhome was wearing. Yeah, it was a good touch. Yeah, and like they're just all mixed in with like the skeletons and like they're supposed to be way older, I suppose. And similar to Hardhome, you can suddenly kill them with non-fire things. Yeah, just just like hitting them basically, <laughs> like the skeleton was. They just kind of shatter when you hit them, right? And like. Ick. It kind of reminds me of uh, the Chirrut fight against stormtroopers, where he just like smacks one with a staff and then they die. <laughs> like, okay. <sighs> so now Mira, Mira is trying to wake Bran up so he can skin change into Hodor and fight with her. Which is right. His his eyes are still white. He's still skin changed into the tree to watch the home video or uh-huh. whatever the fuck he's doing. There's not even a tree in the Winterhelm courtyard. I don't know what he's doing. And there isn't a tree in uh, Tara Joy either. Yeah, so really but, interesting. You know, that, that, that is candid that, like, uh, green, the last green seer can see beyond the trees as well. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, Mira's like, Bran, you have to wake up and work Hodor. We need Hodor. <laughs> dark, guys, dark. I think she kills a white walker with obsidian, but yeah. we already knew this, so like, whatever. Yeah. That was very enterprising of her to figure out, cause she wasn't at home, but. Oh, and then Summer dies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is I'm there sorry, a reason we... that, like, Max Falcino, like, cause she's, like, calling to Bran. Is there a reason why Max Falcino couldn't hear her and pull him out of the vision? Because Bran can kind I... of hear her. He's just, like, ignoring her because he's under the sea or whatever, right? Yeah. But, like, well, I don't know, cause Max Falcino was really, really hoping that Bran would become the thread raven right then. <laughs> so, he needed to stay in and watch what happens to Hodor. <laughs> also, something really weird happens where it kind of seems like Bran does warg Hodor, cause suddenly Hodor, like, snaps too and begins moving yeah, and fighting. Yeah, he does, he does. He does work. But Bran is still also in the vision, so he's yeah. Well, worked, that's the, that's the, like why the shenanigans happened because he right because he's skin changing time. two things at once somehow. Yeah. Anyway, also okay. Shogun walks up to <laughs> Max von Sydow's body, uh-huh. and Max Sydow's like, he's like, I know I'm going to die and all that shit. Oh yeah, even though he's also still in the vision too, but he's like also talking perfectly to the Shogun. It's really weird. Yeah. Because remember, he has this dramatic death out of the vision. Yeah, but, but there's this, like, whole thing where, like, you know, uh, the Shogun and him, like, make eye contact and it seems, like, super significant. Like, do they have history that we don't know about? Yeah, like, I want to I wanna know what was going on between them. I don't like, do think it should be history, Kylie. <laughs> Are they friends? No, like, were they, like, they, yeah, like, is this the whole you? thing where, like, they were friends? And one of them got turned into a White Walker by the children and the other one is, like, you know, like, but, like, I don't know. I mean, he is a thousand years old. Yeah. He could have seen some shit. Uh-huh. Anyway, so then, like, I'm pretty sure Shogun just stabs him. Is that what happened? Yeah, I don't think we see it. We don't see it, but we see, like, a very dramatic... He turns into, like, weird-looking smoke in in the flashback. Mm -hmm. And Bran is like, oh, no. Yeah, so then all the children upset for Leaf die. And Leaf is running down the corridor with Hodor and Mira, who's pulling the sledge with Bran in it. And not Summer anymore. Not Summer, because Summer's dead. Basically, Summer sacrificed herself, but it didn't even do anything. No, like, it bought them, like, maybe two seconds. So then Leaf stops. She turns around. She's like, go, go without me. And then she, like, takes one of her stupid fireballs, and she lets the (laughs) zombies attack her. And then she lets it blow up, and it blows up a bunch of them. But, like, first of all, 
Maybe bought them five seconds. Second of all, why couldn't you just throw the fireball? How would that have been different? Why did Leaf have to die? Yeah, like, none of that made sense. Did her holding on to it, like, heighten it somehow? It seemed like a regular stupid ball explosion. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really, well, like, case. didn't buy them any time. Neither did, no. neither did holding the door, actually. It's really stupid holding, that they got no. away. <laughs> holding the door bought them a little time. Uh, like a very little anyway, time. we have to we have to explain the hold the door. Uh huh. So they're all running down this corridor. They get out the back door, which is a literal <laughs> door. door. <laughs> it's a literal door. And Mira starts shouting at Hodor to hold the door. And at the same time, Bran is like war, like is skin changed into him. Yeah. And he suddenly starts skin changing into him in the past, in the too. Vision. Yeah. Like, Vision Bran starts skin changing into Vision Hodor, while real so Bran vi- right. is skin changed into real Hodor. So Vision Hodor, like, collapses to the ground and starts being like, hold the door, hold the door. Because he hears Mira saying, hold the door. Uh, and then hold the door slowly warps into Hodor. Yeah. And that's the explanation of why Hodor is so different. Uh-huh. Uh, we were trying to figure out the logistics of this. Like, you can't. I know it's like, no, it's because he's like controlling him on two different planes of existence, right? And they're like meshing into each other. And he created a time loop thing or something. I don't know. People got really into explaining it. But on it's Reddit, not a time loop. There's like, nothing like, there's nothing like significant that happened because of this in the past, except that Hodor lost but, his verbal hey, abilities. Brand, brand fans rest easy because it's not just Brand that ruined everything. It was also Mira, so. <laughs> They're both responsible. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, it's great. The Stark Child of Extreme Emotions being big at this playing. Like, I guess it is tragic, uh-huh. but you know, given the pattern of how any sort of mental illness has been handled on the show, or mental difference, really. Yeah. AKA, no one has PTSD. Well, Hoda's if they like, have it, you can yell at it, yell at them, and it goes away. Oh. Odor's like the only example of someone with any sort of developmental disability. Yeah, well, uh, there was Lala Stokes, Co- but she's not in the show. No, but they made her funny. Yeah. I'm talking about on the show. I'm yeah. saying Hoder's their only representation. They made it into this big mystery of like, but what could have made him that way? Yeah. That's some bullshit. Anyway, yeah, like, he really doesn't buy them that much time. The zombies are already all over him. And Mira is just like running away with a sledge. Just Yeah, he dies... He dies. Bran's still stuck on the vision. Hodor is saying Hodor in the flashback. And that's how the episode ends. Cool. Yeah. So, the very next episode, Blood of My Blood, is a super special episode this season. Blood of Our, Bl- Blood, of Our Blood is the Sons of the Harpy of yeah. season six. <laughs> and it was a common episode. Uh, anywho. Uh, I know, which is so weird, but it's like... It, it's because they gave him the worst set pieces to deal with. Hey, Coggers, can you have Larry attack the Sept, but then he forgets about the king? <laughs> yep. I'm going to be really passive-aggressive when I write this play. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so bad. That's next. I know, I know. I'm so excited. The the Lady Crane School of Medicine and Stabbing. <laughs> So anyway, the the first brand scene we get is Mira still running through the woods. Yeah, she's been keeping up with her cardio because she's been running for a very long time, it seems. And she's pulling this sledge. She must be CrossFit. She still doesn't have gloves. <laughs> no, she still doesn't have gloves. Her ears have both fallen off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she's running. She's still shouting at Bran and Bran is still visioning. But this time Bran is like skipping through visions. I don't even know how this is working. Yeah, he's like he's Brand like is- cycling through a bunch of clips from season one. And also uh, Eris 
uh, Eris Targaryen. And burning down stuff because yeah. D&D forgot to seed this. Yeah, so she's like, like burn them all! Burn them all! And then, like, wildfire being poured from one continent to the other and not exploding. I'm sorry, what could this have at least been a flashback that Max von Sydow showed him? Like, why is this how we're getting it? Yeah. It's anyway, um, then he starts flashing to hard home a lot, too. Yeah, he does. Like, there, it, just, it just looks like a bunch of really fast clips and, like, the slow ones are basically, like, the Aris ones. Yeah, but, uh, Mira... And the Red Wedding suddenly- Mira realizes that she's like slower yeah. pulling a fucking sled than these sprinting zombies. Yeah. So she just kind of starts but like crying on his. They hired an actor to be Eris. Yeah, that's true. They hired an actor to be Eris for like a three it's second a re- clip. It's just a waste of resources. <sighs> Maybe that's why they couldn't afford to have Alexander Sidic. <laughs> they could afford him. They just didn't use him for what they paid him oh, for. Oh, right. They paid him. So, yeah. Oh. Uh. No, no, you're just really throwing it around here. <laughs> Uh, no, Mira starts, like, sobbing onto Bran and, like, apologizing to him. Yeah, because she can't pull a sledge indefinitely through the snow with no gloves. Well, also because they're about to die. And then Bran just wakes up and he's like, oh, they found us. Yeah. yeah. And he's, like, super chill. Yeah, well, uh, Max and Sita was also super chill about dying. Maybe that's, like, a, a future. Maybe that's a three-eyed raven. raven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But don't worry, they are saved by the buzzer. <laughs> At the buzzer. By Benjamin Coldhands. Like, he comes from nowhere. Benjamin Coldhands. Just this, like, random dude on a horse. Mm-hmm. And he holds out a hand yeah, and we're just like, I don't know about we this. We don't know who he it's is like, yet. Dude! Yeah. I mean, he has, he has this, like, cool thing with, like, like a stick on fire that he, like, whirls about on a chain. And it burns all the zombies. Yeah, it's pretty ballin'. But, like, every time they, they use fire at the zombies, they act like this is brand new information, you know? Yeah. I'm like, oh, we can yeah, use fire. Oh my god. Oh, we should we should remember that for the next time for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but this scene is um, really really long. It's like it's almost as long as this high level recap. Um Yeah, which is really weird because nothing really happens. It's just Benjamin wards off the zombies and takes them on his horseback and runs away and there's like percussive piano string kind of music playing. Like it's a piano but they they're hitting on the strings too and I'm pretty sure they stole that from the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Because that's that's what they're beating on in the da 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 da. That's they're beating on piano really? strings with like metal. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Howard Shore was really inventive. Yeah. So anyway, that scene is over, and then we have like more or less the entire episode. Like we go to the Horn Fair. Remember Horn Fair? Oh my and god. And Carol's landing, Dude. and the player in Bravos, and Larry forgetting to secure the king, and it's Walter Frey and his child no. bride, and then we go back. And then we cut back and. Brent, Benjamin Coldhands is like draining a rabbit. Yeah, he's like literally squeezing the blood. the blood out of the rabbit, which maybe that's how that works. I don't know. I've never tried to squeeze blood out of a rabbit. <laughs> and then he starts drinking it. They're all, this is a little weird. <laughs> and then he starts talking about how the Three-Eyed Raven lives again. Yeah, because that's Brand now. And, I don't know. And Three-Eyed Raven is a title, I guess. Right? You wrote, are they establishing that Mira has a thing for Bran? Yeah, I, I did, because like, She's, like, kind of all over him and, like, really super concerned about him. Well, I mean... If they're establishing it, it's also kind of, like, doing it well, so, you know. Yeah, it's not so poorly. But, anyway, Benjen finally, like, reveals who he is, because they're like, well, who the fuck are you? Yeah, like, I'm your Uncle Benjen. (laughs) I'm your Uncle Benjen, but I'm mostly dead. (laughs) I was going to... I was going to die, or I was going to be turned into a white walker? He got stabbed by a white walker. Was he was stabbed being... by a mogul blade. Yeah. <laughs> Stop with Lord of the Rings references. That's this whole season. I swear to God, did you just watch the trilogy before they wrote this? 
it's not even book knowledge. It's like, yeah. Yeah, and so it's a little bit of a retcon. He says that uh, Benjamin and Caesar went, they went looking for White Walkers. And I'm quite sure at that point they were just mostly concerned about Mance and, like, what Mance was up to and this, like, giant army that... And wildlings. Oh, or maybe yeah. they were examining the zombies that attacked the one dude, but, like, that was the extent of it. No, that was, like, uh, the zombies were way before... Because the zombies were part of his party, remember? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the children somehow stopped the walker magic by using obsidian, because when you bump your head when you have amnesia, that cures your amnesia, I guess. Oh my god, they're homeopaths. (laughs) (laughs) True story. Kylie didn't know what homeopathy was until I explained it to her. (laughs) No, I didn't know what homeopathy was until I bought homeopathic drops for my pink eye, and I dumped it into my eye, and then Julia just told me you dumped water into your eye, and you paid $15 for it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we don't really learn anything in that scene. Okay. No, Benjamin Coldhands is, although Benjamin Coldhands is like a font of knowledge. Yeah. So good, good but it's like knowledge about himself that's not really relevant because he just fucks off later. No, he also knew the Three-Eyed Raven lives again. But we already knew that. Yeah, but he's tuned into something, I'm saying. It's a good thing that he's around. <laughs> I hope he doesn't just fuck off. Anyway, we go <laughs> to the final episode, The Winds of Winter. Fuck you. <laughs> And That's its official name. Uncle Benji decides to fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is right after uh, Batfinger is creeping on Sansa, and she's like, yeah, that's a pretty picture. By the way. So. Pretty little picture. Oh, my. So um, he's like, yeah, I can't go any further because the wall is nearby, and I can't go south of the wall, which makes sense. But he doesn't which, even leave him the yeah, horse. That does make sense. He doesn't even leave him the horse. Like, why sense. does he need the horse? He's a dead dude. Well, what makes a lot less sense, too... Is that... Oh, okay. First of all, he, like, leaves and Brad is like, thank you, Uncle Benjamin. <laughs> and it's, there's just, like, something about it that's really funny. I don't know why. But what makes less sense is that they don't then go south of the wall. Mira just turns to Brad and goes, are you ready for this? And he's like, oh, I'm ready. Yeah, there are weird weirwood trees south of the wall. Yeah, there are weirwood trees south of the wall. Also, what are you doing? So Brad decides he's ready for this. He's ready for, so he, like, the shocking this. mystery that is super duper relevant to becoming the Three-Eyed Raven. So again, zombies, army of the dead, he touches a tree and goes back to find out what's in the tower. <laughs> I gotta figure out all these family mysteries. Oh my god. I mean, I'm trying to so, steel man this because, like, you know, John's identity is super duper important, probably. But there's nothing in the text that would, like, you know, indicate this. That, like, Bran is aware of this or that he has to and know like, these things. And even if they wanted Bran to be that window in because they didn't think they could do it any other way because uh-huh. they kind of screwed the pooch in season one, like, it, from the perspective of Bran's story, it does not, I'm sorry, it does not make sense to put it in this episode. Like, after the Army of the Dead attacks, you, if anything, he would maybe then be going into the visions, like, right now, to find out how White Walkers were created, you know? Yeah. He wouldn't but be they going really in. wanted so this reveal in the last episode, it was super important. Right, so all they were doing was prioritizing the shock of the reveal in the last episode for John, and they weren't putting any consideration into Bran's character, which is not shocking, because Bran's the dude that sent, you know, spent season five on the bench, uh-huh. but still, it doesn't make it good. Yeah, I mean, like, because it's probably significant that Bran knows that John is, like, you know, the Song of Ice and Fire, right? Well, I don't know. You'd think it was significant that John knows that Bran and Rickon are alive, but hey. Or were. Whatever. Yeah. And just... just but basically, the only reason he's doing this is because he read the script, okay? And, you know, they want to do that crossfade to John. Yeah. So... <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris runs up the stairs, a lot of stairs. Well, because like when in the in the third episode we hear Liana screaming, it's the first time we hear her screaming, 
And, and she's screaming as if she's in labor, like, pushing the baby yeah. out. And when he gets there, like, she's already, like, delirious, basically. And, like, in a bed of blood. And the baby is there already, like, wrapped up and washed. <laughs> so this went a lot of stairs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was supposed to have died of purpural fever, yeah. which is, well, like, Well, that's, that that's kind of, uh, this is speculation. She died of well, a fever. It makes... It makes sense, but like it, that sets in after a while. Usually. This is just kind of like she's delirious and almost dead. And the baby's like super fine. Yeah. And Wyla's just chilling there. <laughs> well, this is like this random woman. We're calling her Wyla because that's who was there in the books. Or yeah. we assume she was. And she like didn't bother to get Liana water? <laughs> well, she probably did. And then it's just like, you know, get her some water. It's like, she really drank some water too. She's dying. And I don't know. Like this scene, I know that Liana's dying, but this scene just was very like, oh, I'm so scared to die. Well, you know, she's 16 and she's dying. (laughs) Yeah, like, I guess it's fine. It's just, like, especially given that they took away Liana fighting with swords, you know. They just made her very soft, but she was a good horseman, I guess. Yeah. Why are they even seeding that? They're not going to tell anyone that she was the Knight of the Laughing Tree. Like, they're not going to explore that. (sighs) I don't know. Checklist. Liana was a good horseman. (laughs) Anyway, she, she finally, like, whispers... She, she whispers, she whispers a, like, his name is... He's gonna kill him. Yeah. Like, Ned knows his real Targaryen name, because it's super relevant. Um. Oh, God, I can't believe that's actually a thing they're doing. It appears... Yeah, spoilers. But, um, it appears to be a thing. And she basically says, like, promise me. And you can kind of make out, like, he's gonna kill him if he finds yeah, him. Yeah, Robert you know is, yeah. Which, which is all, like, completely reasonable. Uh, but if you're done solely, like, you're not going to pick up on what she's talking about. So I don't blame anyone who thought this was an incest baby or who thought this was Robert's baby. Yeah. Like, this was so poorly done. They don't mention Rhaegar once. No. Well, they kind of mentioned him in the Tower of Joy sequence. Ish. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, then there's really, really dramatic music. Because Ned just, like, no. lets go of her and holds this baby. Or I, We have to give them the some props. Nice thing about the show. They actually kept an iconic lawn. She actually yeah, said promise, promise me, Ned. Ned. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when that happens, you have to point it out because it's so rare. Okay, it was surrounded by poop, but okay. <laughs> but she said, promise me anyway, that. Anyway, she says not, promise me that. He says, I promise. And then Wyla's like, here, hold this baby right now. It's like, dude, she's dying. Neil Patrick Harris holds the baby in the most adorable way. <laughs> He's just like, what the fuck does. is this? <laughs> and then there's a crossfade of the baby to John. Oh my god, the baby is John. John is the baby. And we don't see Bran's reaction. Actually, I don't think we saw Bran no, that we, room we, at all. we saw a couple of reaction shots, I think. Not, like, of the crossfade or of the reveal or anything. No, no it just ends on John's scene. John is, like, mildly upset that Leon is dying. Oh, not John, uh, Bran. Ned, Bran. Bran. It's like, there's a reaction well, he shot. he knows she... Yeah. Okay. It's it's kind of, like, like hardcore. Like, she's got, like, blood everywhere around her midsection. That is the end of this plot line. <laughs> How long did that recap take us? <gasps> An hour. An hour. <laughs> I hate us so much. I love us. <laughs> oh, God. Um, the good news is it's not very meaningful, so there's not much to talk about. <laughs> no, well, nice. okay. Yeah, so for this analysis... <sighs> for, okay, first, first things first. Bran was not in season five. He was the only character whose development... Again, think about, like, Sansa, who is basically in a holding pattern in Winter Hill. You can say that her being raped by Ramsay was super integral to her character development, but it wasn't. They they took what she did in the books and were like, you know, let's just change this because it's not interesting enough. 
Bran was the only character to have gotten this treatment, where he mm-hmm. just goes away for a year. Except maybe Gendry, if you want to count him. But Bran is a fucking Stark. Yeah. He's he's a protagonist. really crucial. I, I'm assuming he's going to be one of the three most important people in this series. Yeah, well, he is kind of, like, already, like, you know, there's a whole theater that's got him. Yeah. So, was it worth it to wait a whole year? Couldn't they have been, couldn't they have him doing flashbacks, two flashbacks last year? I mean, that's what, how I would have done it. There's probably all sorts of, like, issues with actors and things like that if you do it that way. They're cheap. Yeah. Well, unless it's Alexander Siddig. They're really just looking him. Maybe they should have just had Alexander Siddig play multiple roles. <laughs> he could have been, he could have been Three-Eyed Raven. No one would have noticed. Um, you just, like, not do the silly accent. Nobody would have noticed at all. Weren't we saying this, too, about, like, Aaron and Three-Eyed Crow or Three-Eyed Raven could have been the same actor? Yeah. No one would have known. It's just like old dudes. Beardy, beardy McPriest face and tree beard, whatever. No one would know. I love that Leaf cut their hair. All right. Um, I think the biggest meat, we need to talk about Hold the Door. Okay. Are we done we talking do. about the brand dropping? Well, what else is there to talk about? This is bad. Yeah. I mean, but like, I suppose we could discuss like what it says about their creative priorities. Not Bran? Yeah, okay. And not, like, the but mythos? The, 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 no, not at all. But I, I think that, like, the way that they treated, like, all of these things that they should have been seeding and discussing for six seasons now, I think, in this season. Like, the whole thing, like, with the children and everything like that. Like, there's lore about the children sprinkled throughout the entire series. Like, from the beginning all the way to Dance of Dragons. When we guess, what Mira, guess what Mira's audition scene was? Uh, it was the Night of the Laughing Tree story. Yeah. Yeah, she would have killed it. And that never made it, that never made it in. We had Littlefinger just expositing. Yeah, like the Night of the Laughing Tree story is a story, uh, that, uh, their father, Helen Reed, used to tell them, and they told it to Bran, about how that this crowning man was traveling around in the Riverlands just like chilling, and he comes across this tourney where he meets a bunch of Starks, and there's all these like other rich assholes there, and basically there's this one Stark, like the she-wolf, who uh, saves Helen Reed from I mean, being, we don't yeah. need to recap the whole thing. It's just, it's seeding R plus L equals J. Yeah, I mean, it's making it very obvious. Like, it's making certain things very obvious, you know? But, like, imagine, couldn't they have at least just had one scene last season of Mira telling that story? It wouldn't have made sense in the context, really, but Bran would be like, I'm bored, and Treebeard fell asleep. So well, they should, they should have had it in, like, the fourth season when they were traveling and, like, doing nothing. Fourth Instead season, of having, yeah. like, the rape cabin, they could have had that story. Oh my god, they could have done anything. Yeah. But I'm just saying, there's there's material they could have used mm-hmm. if they had wanted him in last season. Yeah. But they just didn't care. Yeah. I mean, like, All right. like we- even the way that they use him in A Dance with Dragons, where, like, he's only he only has a couple of chapters, but there's other chapters where, like, he's present. You know, you think he's present. <laughs> like maybe Theon in Winterhelm? Uh-huh. Could have been something. Or or that maybe even that, that crow that is hanging out with Jon now. Maybe. Or in uh, Melisandre's visions. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Melisandre had a really, really busy season five because she had to sexually harass John so many times. She didn't have time for any vision quests where uh, she wanted to see Zora high, but Rolora would only show her still. Well, she did have that line where she was like, oh, I serve my lord. And then the camera was like, dun, dun, dun. But whatever. Uh, We were talking about Bran. And my point is, they had every reason to be able to put him in season five, and they just opted not to. There's plenty of shit they could have seeded. There's a terrible expo dump by Littlefinger that could have been done mm-hmm. in Bran's plotline. Anything, anything. But like they, Make- like the problem is the Tower of Joy, 
and how they seem to think that it's just like the super secret reveal. Yeah. Do you want to talk about R plus L equals J first? Uh, sure. Um, I mean, because I can't decide. There's there's basically two threads of this plot mm-hmm. line, right? There's Bran watching home videos. Yeah. And there's Hold the Door Gate. Yeah. Which is connected to the home videos, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just... Yeah, you know, let's talk about R plus L equals J first. Uh, because the Hold so the Door we, stuff gets we, into the ass pull and checklist stuff, too. Look, look. For, for, first of all, we, we have talked about this on other podcast mm-hmm. feeds. We've had theory podcasts where we go very deeply into it. We have brands podcasts specifically. But R plus L equals J, Rhaegar plus Liana equals Jon Snow. Those are Rhaegar, Those are Jon's parents. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's not even a theory anymore. Right. At this point, we consider it canon. I mean, we consider uh, canon like, way before this episode, too. I mean, like, I, like most surveys that they do of, like, you know, fans on different forums, like, 95% of people just accept R plus equals J as canon. It's just, like... Yeah, at, at this point, the people who don't yeah. are kind of just, like, hipsters. Yeah, like, Rhaegar and Lyanna are John's parents. That's just it. Like, it's Rhaegar just Rhaegar and Lyanna also gave birth to John and Danny. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? But... Uh, we'll link the series episode if you really want to hear us talk about it. But the thing is, this wasn't really... Excuse me. The thing is, this wasn't really meant to be, like, a secret. It's definitely not obvious on the first yeah. read-through. I don't want to make it seem like that. But on a second read-through... I mean, people it's, it's have figured of, it out on the first read-through. Yeah, and it's kind of just, like, clicks everything into place. The first read-through of the first Game book, I mean. You know, not the yeah, whole... Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. His publisher figured mm-hmm. it out on the first read-through of the first book. Yeah. I didn't, no, no, but no. it kind of clicks everything into place. No, it's like when what it, it's, 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 like, very Martin-esque in that, like, you know, you have a shocking twist in quote, in scare quotes, but then, like, you realize how well-seated it was. It's the same kind of thing, yeah. just, like... Ned's actions are kind of weird, and you're just like, what's up with Ned? Like, what's, he obviously has a deep, dark secret. What is it? Like, why is he so full of guilt? And then R plus L equals J, and all of a sudden, everything the man has ever done makes perfect sense. Exactly. Which is why, but it's not supposed to be this, like, the secret. I mean, yes, it's not explicated, but it's, but it's it's not explicated because Ned refuses to think about it so explicitly. Right. And Helen Reed isn't a point of view character. Yeah. And nobody but else otherwise, knows about like, it. <laughs> it's not purposely veiled from us, and Martin doesn't care when people figure yeah. it out. It's just kind of. I like, mean, if he cared, place. he wouldn't have had the Tower of Joy scene in the first fucking book. <laughs> no, it was part of a t- fever dream. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I mean, the Tower of Joy scene is basically a fever dream where he's dreaming about his sister dying when it's obviously childbirth, like obviously a bed of blood. Yeah, that's like a very common metaphor <laughs> for a birthing bed. Um, well, it wouldn't be anything else unless she just had, like, a really... If she was trying to get a, I don't know, hysterectomy and it went badly. Well, like, um, there are some, like, kind of indications that a lot of people in-universe think that Ned killed Liana. Like, like an honor killing, what? basically. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, this... you can kind of read it like that, I guess, but... Anyway, yeah. the whole point that we're bringing this up is that it's really just, like, a tone and it makes a lot of character actions make sense. So the issue, the main issue D&D have always had is that they treat it like this deep, dark secret. Yeah. Like this, this huge, like shocking reveal. And just, that's not the way, like, it's like part of Ned's character arc more than anything. It's like the formative event of Ned's life, which made him the man he is, basically. And, you know, like, if you want, if they really felt that they could only put this in through Bran's eyes, okay. You know, I, I guess at this point I can kind of accept that because... They haven't done a good job of anything else, but at least have Bran react to it. <laughs> Maybe he'll react to it next season. 
That's my brother. <laughs> I mean, my cousin. <laughs> brother is cousin. Cousin is brother. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. I mean, but like, like this is a piece of like information that will probably be very important to like the kind of end game of the series, at least from a thematic perspective. Yeah, and it's what put the exposition in exposition. <laughs> Someone was proud when they wrote that bullet point, huh, Julia? <laughs> no, it's just like because they did some work in the first season to see this. But they didn't have the Tower of Joy Fever Dream, which is, like, really the first major mistake they made. Like, well, they said no dreams, no flashbacks. Yeah, which was the first major mistake they made. Which was really because stupid. Dreams and flashbacks and prophecies are very important in this series. It's, it's a fantasy series, for fuck's sake. And, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. But like, they had that scene where, like, Bran and Hodor were walking with a torch, and he was explaining to Asha about like all the statues in the crypt and there he talks about Leon and Rhaegar. Yeah, I remember and, that. You know, they had they had that excellent scene with uh with Robert and Ned having lunch like in the field on oh, that was in the so second good. episode. Where they talk about and where like every time every time Robert talks about how horrible Rhaegar was and what a terrible rapist he was, like just Sean Bean just kinda squirms and like Oh my god, Sean Bean was that, so perfect. Everything was perfect in his And that scene with John and uh Ned and where John is about to leave and he asks, like, Can you please just tell me about my mother? Like well, anything I mean, at all. Without the fever <laughs> dream and without seeding this, yeah. it really just makes Ned look like a big idiot for how he's behaving. Exactly. I mean like that's yeah. <laughs> it does. And like because he has a motivation that nobody knows about, and it's like the like driving motivation of his entire life. Because like he basically like he's just going against all of his instincts, you know, going against his king, like fucking up his marriage, putting right. his children in the danger. Point, the point is, choosing to pepperdin in these exposition yeah. treats was really dumb, but they shot themselves in the foot a long time ago. So I yeah. get it, but even there, like you can't just use Bran as a window. He's a fucking character, mm. and they just don't care. They just don't care. <laughs> Well, it's nice that sometimes this happens to a male character, too. I don't know. You know, it's not nice because he's the one, like, you know, he's, yeah, he's disabled. disabled. So yeah. the implications are terrible. Yeah. And speaking of terrible implications, let's finally get into Hodorgate. Yay. So, oh, God. I mean, how, what do we even start? After this episode aired, D&D gave this stupid Inside the Episode interview. And they're like, yeah, when Martin told us about this, we were so horrified. That was the one thing we were like, oh, man. Yeah, like, apparently they had this giant, like, you know, interview where Martin told them, like, basically the rest of the series. And that was, like, the one thing that really stood out to them. <laughs> Which, okay. <laughs> Which I guess it's dark if it really is Hodor wasn't born that way and he wasn't developed a time too. loop with Gra whatever the fuck it was a time paradox thing with bran caused uh, him he's like injured him brain injured him yeah like way. bran's warging or skin changing into him injured him in this yeah. way and i don't think that's unseated in the books because it's clear well, that bran's skin changing into him is dark yeah it's not a good thing like there'll be like there's this one there's this one uh, prologue chapter where basically, like, as far as we can tell, like, the main point of that chapter is just talking about how skin changing into another human is this huge taboo. And then when Bran does it to Hodor, like, there's there's this part where he says that, you know, basically Hodor curls up inside himself and mm -hmm. goes away. And that's how Jamie used to talk about dealing with Arya's abuse of his wife and, and stuff, like, 
or, or Tom, Tom had talked about his abuse by Tom, yeah. by Joffrey, right? That was a, yeah. Yeah. Just so, like go away inside. Yeah. So it was, it's like really bad. And I think Jamie related to Tommen, which is like, oh, Jamie. <laughs> oh, my boy. But the point is, like, there's some dark shit that's going on with Bran's skin changing Hodor. I don't know that it's necessarily going to happen. Well, first of all, Martin was asked about this and he said the context is different. Yeah, he said the context is different, but Hodor comes from the phrase hold the door. Yeah. So we don't actually know that Bran causes this. We don't know. The fandom yeah. is certainly Just, like, think about character. the context that they've changed so far in the series. Right. So, like, this really could be anything. All we know is hold the door is Hodor. Yes. <clears throat> this isn't impossible. No, I mean, but, like, you know, context is everything. It, context like, is everything. And, of course, Martin has a bigger cast of characters with more representation across the board. Mm-hmm. So, th- the biggest issue I had in Game of Thrones is that they treated... Hodor's mental disability as a like whodunit mystery, and like Hodor is an actual character in A Song of Ice and Fire. Like even like stupid little things how like in um, I I think it was still in uh, it was either Clash of Kings or Game of Thrones, where you know the Walders are making fun of him, and Maester Lewin comes out and defends them and says that like you know Hodor's Hodor is a good-hearted boy. You have no right to make fun of him. You know he's not a horse. He's a man. You have to treat him like a person. Right. Right. And just like you know like he has. Like, his personhood and his feel, like, like you know, Hodor... He has Hodor, a dignity, yeah. Yeah, Hodor, you know, he has reactions to things, you know, he's afraid, he has feelings, like, he, he thinks things are funny, and he has, like, you know, skills yeah, that, and Game of like, other people value. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, like even, like, like stupid things he likes, you know, taking a stick and practicing sword fighting, you know, like, mm-hmm. just, you know, he's, he, he's a person, who, like, you know, who has interests and things like that. And, yeah. Yeah. So, like, even, like, he's a much stronger character, so, like... Even if, like, you know, he does have, like, you know, a tragedy where he's injured, you know, like... And you can be injured. I just think it's really mm-hmm. ugly when this is the only mentally disabled character that they chose to have on the show because they made Lala Stokeworth just, like, stupid. Mm-hmm. Didn't make her. It, it, they didn't adapt her correctly. She was just this, like, stupid lady. Yeah, um, we didn't get that her fiancé was talking about murdering her whole family. Haha. Uh, isn't that funny? But, you know, when the only representation you have is in the form of what could have happened, and the way it's treated is so voyeuristic, like, <laughs> what happened to you, Hodor? Like, oh my god, dude. <laughs> and then just, even even the way the end sequence was shot when this is happening, and it's like the tragic moment with the stark cello of significant of emotional significance right of extreme emotional significance yeah that's playing and it's just it felt really weird to watch and not not comfortable in any way and you know if if this does happen in the books we can have a conversation about the context that happens in the books Mm -hmm. martin has already said it will be different yeah but martin also has the benefit of the doubt Martin has the benefit of the doubt, and Martin's also not perfect. We can have a conversation. But the implications in this show, especially given that this is, like, the one example, it's just so bad and so, like... It's the fact that they fucked everything else up, so why not this? Uh, Also, this just kind of gave, like, the Game of Thrones fandom carte blanche to hate Bran. Yeah. What is any... why, Why would anyone like Bran at this point? There's nothing to him. There's nothing to him, and... We talked about, like, on our our Bran episode about how, like, Bran isn't, like... He's not a flat character in any way, but he's not exactly a compelling character either. But, like, this guy's just, like, there. He's just there, and he says whatever they feel like having him say. Maybe they use him as a mouth point to make a philosophical point, a la (laughs) Onrant. Fuck was that quote, Weiss? (laughs) But, uh... 
Yeah, I don't know. I just none of it's comfortable and is you know, I think I think we were saying ableism might be a theme of this season too. Yeah. Like with with child murder. Theon's treatment. Uh-huh. But it's like the whole Mental illness doesn't, or disability doesn't need to be a fucking Scooby-Doo mystery. Yeah. There isn't always a reason, you know? Ridiculous. Uh, You calling it voyeuristic, I think, was quite insightful. I think that's that's the best way I can put it. It just felt like we were supposed to consume this and be like, how awful. Shame on you, Bran. Bad. And shame on you, Mira, for saying hold the door. (laughs) Well, like, you know... She had to save the guy with the magic destiny. Oh, so does anyone else think that, like, if, or do you think, because I'm just talking to you, Yeah. if Hodor had just grabbed the sled and run, they could have gotten a lot further than if he held the door? Because the door didn't bite them that much time. (laughs) I mean, like, considering, like, the amount of, like, country they have to cross and the fact that it's, like, you know, a young woman pulling a sledge, like, (laughs) yeah. With no gloves. With no gloves on. She needs a Canadian mom to take care of her. I would never let that happen. Let's talk about Mira, actually. Like who? Yeah, right. She was sad about her brother. That was nice continuity. Yeah. Does yeah. anyone have a grasp of this character? Just from the show, obviously in the book she's like pretty fleshed out, but just from the show, does anyone have a grasp of her? Like, she has the same hair as Jon Snow. I remember. Oh, right, and that like gave birth to more of their <laughs> twins theories. Oh my god. Oh my god. The number of babies that people want to have come out of Liana's vagina is ridiculous. <laughs> Anyone born in the year 283. Or like any other years around that. Can find it. Because people lie about their age on time because they could bastards grow up more quickly than other children. Like, like Sam is thrown in there. I like the ones that it's like, oh, she gave birth to Egon and Danny, but not John. Like, yeah. Anyone but John. Why? We what? have an episode about this. Um, uh, uh, I don't but, like, okay. And she's not that bad, I guess. I mean, she wants to get the fuck out of that cave, and she really cares about Brienne. I just don't know what her personality is. I remember the one scene where she and Osha were really catty. Yeah, that was weird. And then she almost got raped. Uh-huh. And then she, like, fought some zombies and was sad about her brother dying. And yeah. she likes bacon. I really like bacon. I mean, that's a pretty... 3D character, if you ask me. It's almost as good as Siberia. Oh my god. Don't. <laughs> she likes really? boxes. Shut up! <laughs> You're the worst. Let's talk about the lazy world building. Binge um, in cold hands. Yeah, I mean, like... Anything cold hands. Un- no, go. Cold hands is this, like, mysterious figure that, like, basically saved. Not from another's attack, but just, like, from... uh when did they co- run into Cold Hands? I forget. Oh, he saved Sam and Gilly. Yeah, he saved Sam and Gilly first. And, and then, then he sent Sam and Gilly, like, Sam and Gilly to the other side of the wall, to the Night Fort, to tell Bran and Co. to go to the other side, and then and then uh, Cold Hands will take them to the One-Eyed Raven. Right? Why did they scrap him before that? I don't know, because they didn't want to... I don't know. But, yeah, basically, he's just, like, mysterious figure. They don't know who he is. He, his face is always covered, and he doesn't breathe. And he leads Bran and, he and his And he has cold butts. hands. Yeah, he has, like, his hands are black, because he's dead, basically. He's a corpse. And, um, uh, he, that's, he leads them to the cave of, uh, the three-eyed crow. And he can't come in, because dead things can't come in. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, there's lots of theories about who this guy is. Like, a lot of people think that he's, like, uh, 
No, well, a lot of people think like he's like the Knights King or like the actual Knights King, not the other one. Uh, or he's <laughs> the thirteenth floor with commander of the Knights Watch. Yeah, yeah, and like other things like that. Uh, but one of the more popular theories was that he was Benjamin. Which doesn't make sense. Which doesn't make sense just from the text because they say things like they killed him long ago and things like that. But um, there was a- there's actually like a manuscript around where like uh, George R. R. Martin's editor wrote like, "Is this Benjamin?" And he wrote like, "No!" Exclamation point. So that's pretty. That's you pretty know, definitive. Unambiguous. Yeah. Um, so out of all the fa- fan theories to go with, yeah. They they went with I mean I guess they're just combining the two characters because they wanted Benjamin back because they don't like having this dangling thread like Benjamin's just dead as far as I can tell on the show like he just well, disappeared and that happens I'm, sometimes I'm or a little bit convinced and your mileage may vary on this but I'm convinced that like Cold Hands isn't that interesting he's just a fucking meat sack so yeah. if that's the case I could see them being like let's just use another dead person I mean like Benjamin probably left that cache of Obsidian daggers Lufus the first king. Right. Oh, I don't know about that. But, like, he could he's dead. Have. Right? <laughs> he's just dead. Um, and well, I'll be actually real surprised if, like, we run into him or anything in the series again. He's just, like, sometimes people disappear in the wilderness. It just happens, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, the other thing, like, um, you know, the creation of the others, which we're torn about. We, we kind of touched on that during our high-level recap. Right? I don't mind that like, it exists, but, like, I just yeah. don't get... I just don't get what it is to the Unsullied... Like, why would anyone care? That's all. Well, they had that scene uh, in the fourth season, again, where they made they turned that baby into another... Yeah, I remember that. And everyone, everyone cares about that. Yeah. But okay. it's more the children. Why the fuck would they care about the children? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, yeah. now we know how they were made. And I like that why sticking the, why obsidian why... daggers into people's hearts does everything. <laughs> like oh are you about to become a white walker well i'll just plunge a dagger back into your heart and it'll be fine and why would they care about like you know the war for the dawn like they barely talk about that yeah, that's what i'm saying so i mean i guess it's just like okay world building it's there i guess they had old dan's story in the first season I, I just wonder if show only viewers actually cared that much about the land of always winter did they but that's that's showing something that's happening then like that's yeah. showing that others are being created now. I I don't know. I don't think uh, to to be honest. I don't think show only watchers give a shit about brand scenes in the slightest. Well, I cared about Hodor. <laughs> yeah, that's why hold the door was so effective. Yeah. Um. Any other lazy world building? I mean, like we touched on Dawn. Tar- we touched yeah Dawn. Well, because that was like when I first started talking about it, like, my giant piece thing that I wrote about Tower just a little obsessive. Tower um, boy turned to ashes. <laughs> yeah, Tara Joy took to ashes. But I started talking about how, like, um, like a lot of the material is just like a cargo cult, you know, like, like <laughs> they think that if they just put, like, you know, the other, like, the children on the screen, it will somehow be significant, even though they've done nothing to make them significant. Right, if the, they put the, uh, po- the emoji on the pommel, it's Yeah, it's like, oh, that's Dawn. Ooh, but why should Dawn, like, you know, in the books, people are talking about Dawn all the, like, it's his, like, most famous sword in Westeros, and, like, it has this whole history behind it, and it's mysterious, and, like, you know, the, the different bearers of the sword are these, like, great heroes. But, like, and that's why, like, you know, if you show a book reader Dawn, oh, Dawn, it's significant oh my god but if you show a show only of uh, viewer dawn it's just like <laughs> why should it mean it like it, it doesn't have that meaning that, that's attached to that's, it why does that sort of emoji it? like you can't you can't transfer the meaning without doing the foundation that way and like this is the plot line where that is the most evident i think like the whole just 
all this stuff with like you know the children and the others being created and or like know, even Brand's the, magical destiny. Yeah, I was gonna say even the trees, like even what yeah. he's doing. Three-eyed raven, like that guy was built up to be so significant. It's just Maxon sit all chilling around. I think the worst thing about this was going back to the fa- Stark family video when the army of the dead is coming. <laughs> and it's a little because like you don't watch when you don't watch those scenes back to back. You don't really think about it that much. You just like yeah. okay, they're in a vision again. But when you watch the back to back, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Pack up! What are you doing? <laughs> Well, like, I think we're supposed to, like, somehow know that, like, this is important information that he's imparting onto Bran that he needs to impart on him before he dies. Hold the but, door? Like, yeah. I mean, like, the Tower of Joy, you can make that argument for, but hold the door? What, does this also mean that, like, he foresaw the loop that was about to happen? I don't know. Or, like, maybe, like, this is Bran, like, and, like, Bran is controlling the visions and he's going to things that are important to him. But Max wasn't, like, yelling at him. He's just like, oh, look, your dad's going off to the Eerie. Well, maybe he's, like, trying to teach him to, like, control where to go. I don't know. No thoughts? No, it's yawning. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe, like, I guess we could honeypot this any way you want. It's, it's a steel man, not a honeypot. No, in this case, it would be a honeypot. Because we're it? not talking about why D&D did this, right? Well, we know why D&D did it. It's kind of obvious. Yeah. <laughs> the white tacking wasn't as long and terrible as I remember it being during the season. Yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't interesting, bad. but it was like... Hey, why did I, they I, kill Summer? I mean, why did they kill why Summer? Why are they so cheap with the CGI? <laughs> I remember in Winter Hell how they're like, we had a choice between uh, having 1-1 or having Ghost by John Side during the battle, and we chose 1-1. And everyone's like, why would you do that? I don't sure if you can hear me slapping my forehead repeatedly. Oh, is that what was that, that noise was? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, and they basically have also admitted that they have a choice between the dire wolves and the dragons. Yeah. Which I don't think is accurate. I don't think this is how CGI budgets work, but I don't really want to claim to know too much about it. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Is there anything left to analyze? Like, what is there? What was this? <laughs> It was just exposition. It was just exposition. And exposition that hasn't Bran. really quite come into play yet because R plus A equals J has the, done nothing yet. The order was garbled and actually made less sense than if it had been something else. Uh-huh. Like, if they had been willing to do the baby crossfade in episode five, that would have at least made a modicum of sense. Oh, that would, it would attach a lot of significance to, like, John's actions in Battle of the Bastards, for example. Yeah, and it just would have made more sense for why Max von Sydow was revisiting that memory. Yeah. But... Also, Bran, like, says you finally show me something I care about after that first scene. So the implication is that he's been being shown a lot of other stuff. But, like, maybe they could have had that in season five. Like, other stuff that, like, is important, maybe? I don't <laughs> no. even care what it is. Like, at least to have him show, do the Aries scene in season five. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. See Cheryl's big boom. I don't know. Like, this was just so baldly exposition with a touch of ableism thrown. <laughs> Yay! Hooray! What a good plot. Do you want to play our favorite game? It's time for <laughs> Checklist Raspel! Fuck, this is gonna be hard. Benjamin Cold Hands. Aspel, obviously. Aspel, yeah. We know it's, no, it's it. Okay, hold the door. Do you think, like, Obviously, we know hold the door means hold the door. We know the context is going to be different, but do you think that this is harm caused by Bran somehow? Yes. Checklist. You're saying checklist? I think I am. All right. I'll say checklist with you because the 
stuff is being seeded. Yeah, it makes it makes sense, but just like I'm not a hundred percent on it. But what no. Martin says is a different context. Like that could mean anything. Yeah, like <laughs> he might just be like you know have a way better writer than these bozos. So checklist or asshole? Not going to make it any... so stupid. Checklist or asshole? Is there uh-huh. a literal back door to the cave? We know that there's a back door, and it's like in a gully. No, but is it like a door door? No, it's like an opening. So you don't think that's going to be the door that Hodor holds? I guess I don't. So, Aspel. Okay, Checklist or Aspel, the Children of the Forest created the White Walkers. It's a hard one. I don't think it's a hard one. I think it's definitely Checklist. But the timeline, Kylie, the timeline. I think you might be having a little obsession with it. Like, maybe (laughs) I could totally see the Children of the Forest, like, making these guys and then losing control of them so then just not using them during the war, right? And, and then, then they just chill for several thousand years? Well, you know, they're mysterious and slow moving. But if if the children of the forest didn't make them, where else would they have come from? Maybe they just exist. Uh. I don't I kinda like the idea of like rogue children of the forest, but <laughs> I don't know. Just getting uh, into the weeds. Um you could listen to our um brand the others in northern mysticism so we talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean th- look, I'm just saying checklist because I don't see why else D and D would have included it. That's that's where I'm coming from. That's a good point, but it might be, like, mangled beyond recognition. Yeah. I, I mean, Martin did say it's in a different context, so it's obviously... Oh, okay, I'm sorry, that was... That's Hobbitore. It could be mangled, yeah. Yeah. But I believe it. I mean, do you think... The obsidian dagger into the heart detail? Like, I'm not as compelled by that. I don't I think care either way. I, yeah, uh, I, I... It'll probably just be, a, like, more vague than that. <laughs> like, they use their magic. Um... Their fireball magic. Fuck off, fireballs. All right, uh, checklist or Aspel, Summer eating it in that manner. Summer dying to defend Bran. I could, I could deal with that. Summer but... dying to defend Bran from whites. I mean, it depends whether or not you think Bran is going to leave the cave. Do you think Bran is going to leave the cave? Yeah, checklist or Aspel, is Bran going to leave the cave? Before this season, I would have said one hundred percent he wasn't going to leave the cave. Check- but... Checklist. <sighs> And I, th- I know I've, the show I've means kind nothing. of always thought he was going to leave the cave, so. Yeah. I know the show means nothing, but. Um... But bread means nothing to the show. Exactly. So, for that reason, the stuff that happens. Like, I've always, always, always thought he was going to leave the cave. I haven't. <laughs> I know, um... and you're very, like, stuck on it. You once told me you're very against character mobility because you don't believe Sander is leaving the Quiet Isle. <laughs> No, I think his story's I, over. I think his story's over too, but that's like beside the point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just lose lots of followers for that. Um, we like him. <laughs> He's at peace. Yeah, he had a really good arc. Um, it's over, isn't it? Summer dying. I don't think Summer's going to die. You don't think Summer's going to die? I mean, no. it is a wolf named Summer, and that's kind of thematic. Yeah. Okay, so. so- Aspel. They just didn't want to deal with Aspel of Summer Dying. I'll go with Aspel for Summer Dying. I'm going checklist for Bran leaving the cave. Uh, okay. How about the army of the dead attacking the cave? They've been trying for God knows how long. They're right outside. Mm-hmm. Like in the yeah, books, the, the like, army of the dead has yeah, been like right outside the cave for God knows how long. They're like, yeah, they're like bouncing off the wall, aren't they? Yeah. Like they, they talk about like the dead prowling outside. Yeah, because that's when they go out of third person close. Yeah. And hello, that was in the show. Yeah. What happened to that? What happened to what? What happened to the dead things outside the whole time? With, like, Mira chilling outside the cave. Why did they attack her then? Oh, oh, right. I don't know. It's not safe anywhere. And they rise with the moon, and the sun was out. 
Yeah, they really care about that something. Okay, I just realized check- this. Baby. Anyway, go ahead. Checklist yeah. or Aspel? Uh, Blood Raven dies. He's a mentor. He has to die. <laughs> Blood Raven dies because a White Walker kills him? It's possible. I don't think so, though. So you're saying Aspel for that? I don't know. I don't know about the cave stuff. I'll say checklist for lols. Okay. Okay. Ooh, checklist Aspel. Arthur Dane gets dishonorably stabbed in the back by Helen Reed. Well, we know that Helen Reed killed him. Right. But dishonorably stabbed in the back. Maybe stabbed at the back, but not dishonorably. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get clarification on this, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I, I think I think the fever dream is all we're going to get. Okay, do you uh, check with Strasbourg, the um, children of the forest throw fireballs? Go fuck yourself, Kylie. <laughs> check with Strasbourg, Bran sees what's in the tower! Oh, come on, that's like Baldly and Aspel. There's no tree there. Maybe there was a raven there. Okay, so you think he's going to see what's in the tower? No, but it's possible. I mean, there has like John has to. Julia, find you right? have to pick Checklist or Aspel. But uh, Checklist or Aspel, John is going to find out who well, he is. That's a, that's a checklist. He's going to find out. But yeah. I mean, I don't you know, know, I actually I, have no problem with the idea of John never finding out. But um, I have no problem with Brand finding out because I'm assuming if he did, we'd get his reaction. <laughs> but we'll I still his think it's an season. I still do because I think it's just making up for bad seating they never did. Yeah, that's true. But There's like, definitely no reason Bran would visit it in this context. But Bran, uh, he saw that scene of his father praying in front of the heart tree. Let them which grow up was, and be as close yeah, as Yeah, clearly about, brothers. clearly in the same topic domain. I mean, Bran could already kind of piece this together. Close yeah, as of, brothers. Yeah. Yes, the Night of the Laughing Tree story, like. Lots of people can put uh, my kind of pet theory is that Benjamin just kind of figured it out. <laughs> like nobody told, like nobody told Benjamin. He just kind of figured it out. I mean, he already. <laughs> I think he already knew. Yeah. Just like who's that baby, Ned? Oh, this is my son. <laughs> sure. No, I think no. I think Ned told him, but I think Benjamin already knew. Like Ben, yeah. yeah. And and Benjamin knows Liana really well, so yeah. I think I think I think Benjamin was never exactly in the dark about this. No, I just, like, I don't think Ned needed to tell Benjamin. Here's my son. Okay. <laughs> I'll take a special interest in this one. Sure, Jan. Sure. Hi, cat. Mm. I had a really fun war. God, poor cat. Oh, my God. This is hard. Like, oh, just think of her, like, how her, her, like, you know, 19-year-old patriarchy brain would have dealt with You know that. what we need to do, Julia? What? Record our fucking patriarchy brain episode. We do. We really do. We really do need to record that. We we should do that because I, I don't think it's going to take that much planning for Arya's medicine school. Yeah. It might be nice to record it before winter hell. Yes. Take a little break. Ugh. I think that's all the checklists are asked, but nothing really happened. No. Oh. I mean, we managed to talk about it for an hour and 20 minutes, but nothing much happened. That was all recap, though, because we just think it's funny. Yeah. But no, nothing much happened. Um, closing thoughts on Bran? Um, no, I just... I, mean, I don't really ta- want to get into Season 7 spoilers. No. Do we have any Season spoilers? Season 7 spoilers we'll talk about with Aegon! Oh, right. How John's real name is Aegon, which... Either Rhaegar is a complete asshole... Or that's like confirmation that we never actually find out what John's secret Targaryen name is. Why does he have to have a secret Targaryen name? Do you exactly. think that was like top on Liana's mind? She's like, oh god, I need to find a name for him. <laughs> because Rhaegar already had dead. a Sunday Vagon is, is the point with another woman. So <laughs> Wasn't she at least like, maybe I'll wait for Rhaegar to come back and then I'll figure out a name? <sighs> 
Uh, she probably knew where I was dead by now. I'm going to call him Wyla because he reminds me of the one person near me. Like, what the fuck? She doesn't have come up with a name. Why does he need a secret Targaryen name? <sighs> anyway, so is that the only spoiler to do with Bran? I don't know. I, I'm not really remembering the spoilers right now. No. And I just don't want to talk about them anyway. <laughs> That's, they're, they're horrible, guys. They're hard. Like, season seven is not going to be fun times at, at the fundamentals. Uh, but, uh... Yeah, the the main thing for for this entire plot for me is obviously the Tower of Joy. I'm a little obsessed with the Tower of Joy, and just and the rest of the fandom. Just like how good it could have been, how just crappy it is, you know. Just like well, ugh. it could have. I'm sorry, it would have only been good if we had gotten it in the proper season. Yeah, of course, that goes without saying. But I don't like season one. You know, like they didn't have a budget; they had no idea what the fuck they were doing in any context. So like they lost the best Catelyn Stark they ever had. They did lose the best cat and start they could ever have had. <laughs> I love that she got her midwife to start reading it. <laughs> Jennifer L, you're our hero. Come on the show. Talk Please about come on the show. E- talk about your pilot experience with us. We know you didn't really leave to be with your family. <laughs> no, I mean, there's there's really nothing else to say. I think I really hate... You know, I, I don't have super strong feelings about Bran as a character, but... Uh-huh. This is, like, a really disgusting way to be using him. This is almost worse than the treatment of Stannis. Like, they're not making him an evil dude, at least, but they benched him for an entire season, and this is what you come back with? Really? <laughs> Super significant. Exposition trees that have nothing to do with him? Exposition, exposition. But hats off to Max on Sita for emoting. We don't know why you were, but good. <laughs> don't know why you were invested in any of this. He's just like, I don't know, he's really like, you know, he's a Rhaegar Leona shipper. He was just full of emotion. <laughs> it's Whatever, so I'm tragic. Sh- he's already dead and she doesn't know. I, I'm shipping Willis and Leona. That's just weird. Well, you know what? This whole fucking thing is weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The whole fucking thing is weird. And on that note, uh, we will obviously have already had our piece out on this. Yep. And it'll probably be a lot more cogent than whatever we were just doing. <laughs> A lot more focused, if nothing. I'm else. not hung over this time, and I'm still acting this way. I'm like slightly drunk. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you you aren't hung over this time. So good on Julia. Uh, otherwise, you can check out our other writing on thefundamentals.com. We write about yeah. all sorts of geeky media, not just Game of Thrones. And hey, if you enjoy us talking about Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire, I promise you, we'll record. You know what? I'm making it a Kylie promise. <laughs> We're going to record that. 100% Kylie record. guarantee. <laughs> Kylie guarantee. I've seen it. Only had one sonomobile. No. Um, <laughs> we are going to record that Patriarchy Brain episode, like, if not before the Aria episode, right after. So we won't have, you, we will have it out before the Winter Hell podcast. Yeah. That is a Kylie promise. You could take it to the bank. Uh, but if you do like hearing us talk about these things, then drop us a review on iTunes. Reviews help the most. You can also just drop yeah. us a rating if you're shy, but reviews help a lot. You can tell your other bookstore friends about the podcast. Or you tell your show only friends about the podcast and they'll be like, what are these fast-talking ladies rambling about? <laughs> and if you like fast-talking ladies, you should check out our other podcast, The Fundamentalist. The Fundamentalist. <laughs> where we talk about... it's that That's more of a um, general, geeky, yeah. like... Where we kind a, of avoid talking about Game of Thrones or Saga of Fire because... We Poorly, stop. we 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 still mention it because yeah. it's just fucking everywhere. But mm-hmm. you know, and it has all we, the tropes. We do what we can. Yeah, we slay all the tropes, and uh, <laughs> our intro is tight. 
Yeah. Oh, God. And we need that, to get out of here? We need to get out of here. We need to go. We need to go because we're out of our league. Yeah. So we will talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Deadlift PR. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Let Julia talk about CrossFit. Just get this out of the way with guys. <laughs> no, that's all I have to say. I have any Deadlift PR. What is it? What and is, apparently what? my snatch is getting better. I don't really know. Like, Julia's always coming back from CrossFit and it's like, guess how many burples I did? <laughs> that's great. But I don't really know these words that they made up, so I just kind of like mush weird syllables together and I'm like, how were your gherkins today? Well, not a gherkin. That's actually a thing, but. You know, how are your moopies? And she's like, yeah, okay, CrossFit was good. <laughs> Fucking CrossFit. It's invading your mind. And now she's eating, like, all these lumps of meat. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I need my protein happening. for my deadlift I just, gains. I just want Julia back. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs>